definition of a union is a society or association formed by people with a common interest or purpose. Legalised in 1871, the trade union movement sought to reform socio-economic conditions for working men in British industries. Since then, they have been an instrumental part of history across the world and in the UK, especially during the miners' strike. We often associate the miners' strike of 1984 to 1985 with tabloids of violence, aggression and confrontations of the picketers and police. These images of distressed working-class people next to Margaret Thatcher's icy expression are common iconographies of this era. What we don't often see is the work that happened behind the scenes, the struggle of the families and the community spirit that was needed to survive during this difficult time. Yorkshire had a total of 56 collieries, 15 of those being in Wakefield. 11 of these collieries were shut down between 1985 and 1988, leaving an overwhelming number of families without a source of income. It all started on the 6th of March 1984. The National Coal Board, or the NCB for short, announced that they intended to close 20 pits with a loss of 20,000 jobs across the UK. On the 12th of March 1984, Arthur Scargill, President of the National Union of Mine Workers, called a national strike against pit closures. During the strike, Coal Not Dull was vocalised, printed and worn by striking miners and their supporters. Arthur Scargill had taken the decision to call a strike without a ballot and no ballot meant that the action was illegal, leaving those on strike ineligible for benefits and with no income. The strike lasted from the 12th of March 1984 to the 3rd of March 1985 when the NUM's National Executive voted 98-91 in favour of an organised return to work. The miners returned to work defeated, but not broken, as they defiantly walked behind bands, banners and alongside the women and children who had provided them with such immense support. Nowadays, the abundance of mines in the local area means that miners' unions have a huge amount of relevance to the historical background of people who live in and around Horbury. This time is well documented in the Wakefield Museum and notably the National Coal Mining Museum located in Overton helps people gain an awareness of the local history. Within the strike of 84, families in Wakefield and the surrounding area struggled to get by. My granddad was a miner at Denby Grange and had an active role in the miners' strike. He passed away in 2015, so unfortunately, I couldn't interview him for the podcast. However, I did speak to my grandma and my dad about this highly politically charged time. My granddad Alf, grandma Jan, dad Adrian and uncle Tim lived on Oakwood Grove in Horbury in the 80s. During the strike, grandma and granddad did everything they could to keep food on the table and help other mining families. They would attend the Wakefield Miners Support Group every Saturday morning at the Wakefield Labour Club. Here, they would pack up food parcels for the miners' children, help run the soup kitchen and sort through the donations. They would also organise protests, marches and picketing alongside offering much-needed support to one another. They would also promote odd jobs across the local area. My granddad did a whole array of jobs in this time, including shoveling pigeon poo off the council roof. It's important to note that it was not just the men who were after the work. 
Many women sought employment, and so domestic responsibility was shared in this time. A group of women started the Women Against Pit Closures movement. An early event was a rally at the end of May 1984, held in Barnsley. This was attended by 5,000 women from coal fields across the country, from Scotland to Kent. This was followed by a conference in June and a large protest march in London on 11th of August 1984. 23,000 working-class women attended that event, joined by other women trade unionists. The Wakefield Labour Club, where my grandparents attended the Wakefield Miners Support Group, opened in 1966. Formerly an RAF hut, it was bought by the Labour Party. Its official name is the Wakefield Labour Club, but it's commonly known as the Red Shed. This is because, as you may have guessed, the building is painted red. The Red Shed provides a home to anyone as long as they are sympathetic to the trade union movement. Richard Council, the secretary of the Labour Club, describes the Red Shed as a home to all kinds of different groups and organisations. It's important that people see us as a part of the community and it's something that we feel very strongly about. Today, the walls are still peppered with banners and commemorative plates from the miners' strike and it is still the home of trade union supporters and left-leaning activists. The Shed has had notable speakers perform, such as Dennis Skinner, Kevin Livingston, Tony Benn and Vanessa Redgrave. When I was discussing the Red Shed with my dad, he described a time when he and his comedy writing partner were performing their fire-breathing and juggling act inside the Red Shed and almost set the place on fire. Evidently, these were the days before health and safety and risk assessments. The community element of this symbolic shed has not wavered. With its roots planted firmly in trade unionism, writer Ian Clayton states, Here you'll find people who can help with discrimination claims against employers or who know how to get petitions started. It is also home to non-political organisations, including a group for visually impaired people, the Wakefield Branch of Camera, a local folk music group and a Bicycles Enthusiast Club. As of 2016, the Red Shed had 55 members. The Red Shed was the epicentre of Wakefield's community and unions in the district. However, the Red Shed wasn't the only organisation who supported local miners in the strike of 1984. Yorkshire miners also received help from other communities too, notably the LGSM, Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners. The LGSM was created from a meeting held at the University of London Student Union following an impromptu collection for striking miners at the 1984 Pride March. Of the 11 LGSM groups formed, London, linked with Delice in South Wales, was the largest. They carried out fundraising activities from collections to jumble sales and raised a total of £20,000. Their largest fundraiser was the Pits and Perverts Benefits gig at the Underworld in Camden. Its controversial name was reclaimed from a statement used by The Sun to label the relationship between minors and the gay community. This event raised £5,000. Following the miners' return to work on the 3rd of March 1985, the LGSM was disbanded, but links between the communities remained. 
The Pride 85 March was led by the National Union of Miners and men, women and children from the Dulais mining community. In more recent times, on the 31st of January 2015, the LGSM went to Kellingley in North Yorkshire to a rally staged against the pit closure and the loss of 700 jobs. Workers, MPs, activists and union leaders marched through Nottingley and held a rally at Kellingley Social Club. In the same year, the LGSM marched in Leeds and were joined by ex-miners and their families, all wrapping the Pits and Perverts t-shirts in solidarity. Colin Clues, a member of the club, writes about the march. It's certainly about what we did in 84 and 85, but it's also about what we still stand for today putting the politics back into pride and cross-community solidarity in the face of bullying and brutal governments. The LGSM were also represented in the highly successful 2014 film Pride. The element of community is strong in the Horbury and Wakefield district. Notably, there is the Wakefield Street Kitchen, a community-based kitchen who serves food to anyone that needs it every Wednesday outside the Wakefield Cathedral at 6pm. Similarly, there is the Wakefield Junk Food Project, which serves surplus food from supermarkets, restaurants, wholesalers and food banks. They operate in the local area, including outside the ridings in the city centre. The community spirit extends itself to the Art House, which offers a variety of groups that people can attend, including a weekly art group for older people with dementia and their carers. Inspired by the Equal Arts Creative Age, This project is based on the growing understanding that creativity is intact long after other cognitive functions decline. Another example of a community project is Wakefield Council's Help at the Hub. This was created to help people deal with the impact of coronavirus on things like job, money and well-being, alongside offering advice with housing, homelessness and court cases. In 2021, Trade unions are just as important as they were during the miners' strike of 1984. If you have a job, there is most likely a union that you can join. They can help you with any minor discrepancy and they're always on your side. So it's definitely worth signing up because you never know when you're going to need that extra bit of support. I think that union history is so important, not only because it's rooted in my family history, but having an awareness of what people have been through and have fought for to get where we are today makes me appreciate how far we've come and encourages me to be an advocate for fairness and justice for workers and unions alike. Hello everyone, my name is Amy Winder and I'm the producer of Who Came Before and I'm here with Daisy Kennedy to talk about the process of writing her episode. Hey Daisy, how are you doing? Hello Amy, I'm doing very well, how are you? (laughs) Fantastic. So let's dive right in there with the questions. Um, Mm -hmm. I was wondering a bit about, um, because one of the things you said in the episode was about the Red Shed, which made me think of my friend's 18th birthday party which was held in the red shed so (laughs) 
Was there anything that came up in the episode that you were surprised at, that you had a connection to, that you weren't expecting? Yeah, I was surprised about how many people actually know, recognise and admire the Red Shed. Um, I came across it in my research and I recognised it from living in Wakefield. But when I spoke to my parents about it, they they were like, oh, the Red Shed. Um, so it's a really, really well-loved place. And I didn't realise how much it has helped people and how much of a safe haven that people in Wakefield have found it. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things that really rings through in your episode is the family connection. Mm. And it's so nice to hear some of how it connects to you and your past. Um, did you know much about how your grandparents were involved in unions before you started researching or is that entirely new to you? I knew they were involved heavily in the miners' strike and helping people, but I didn't know how much. So when I was last in Wakefield, I went to the Wakefield Museum and I stumbled across an image of my grandma and granddad and my uncle and dad and they were marching in a young socialist party um, group. They were, they wow. were marching and I was like, wait a minute, that's my grandma and granddad. And then, um, following, following that, I, I interviewed my grandma and yeah, it, just doing this podcast, I've realized how much they were really heavily involved in it, which is pretty cool. So a union something that you're already involved in or something that you want to get more involved in? Yeah. So ever since I moved to Bristol when I was 18, I've been part of a union. So I'm part of industrial workers of the world and um, another union called ACON. And um, since moving to Bristol, I've really got into sort of the meaning of unions. I didn't really know what they were before. Um, and actually, the industrial workers of the world really helped me out um, in my previous job. And during the coronavirus pandemic, they actually um, granted me a hardship fund um, in a time where I was on furlough and thought I was going to not have a job. Um, so yeah, I'm really passionate about making unions more well-known and um, the benefits of a union. Um, and yeah, I'm a really strong advocate. I think everybody should join a union, whoever you are. Join one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so moving on to a bit more about the process of actually writing and researching your episode, mm -hmm. um, how did you find that? Um, what made you settle on this as a figure? Well, I've always been really interested in the miners' strike. And I've done, um, I was going to do a show last year all about the 80s and the, and the strike. So I did, did quite a bit of research. Um, and then when this opportunity came up, I was like, how can I talk about the miners' strike? Um, because obviously my, my dad and grandma and granddad and that, they were all from Horbury and lived in Horbury for years. Um, and they always talked about that time and Horbury in the local community. So when I sort of pieced that together and thought, oh, I can definitely talk about that, I was really excited. And then through the research, I came across the Red Shed and, um, other small Wakefield organisations and um, I knew I wanted to talk about unions as well so it, it definitely was quite an easy it was definitely quite an easy choice for me to make. And how about researching it were there any difficulties in getting the information you were looking for? 
yes, it was difficult because um, my grandma is quite hard of hearing at the moment. So <laughs> um, I was trying to interview her about it and she uh, she couldn't really hear what I was saying. Um, and also, in terms of the local area of Wakefield, there isn't that much online about it. So I did have to, it was more of a, actually word of mouth research project where I had to get involved and get in touch with people and um and interview them and that that was a lot of fun so yeah a lot, lot of challenging I couldn't just go on Wikipedia for this one. I think that's really interesting about um having the focus on the local area this season mm. is that there's not actually a lot of research there and it's meant that people have had to get a bit more creative about how they find things out mm. and who they talk to um which isn't a bad thing it's just um an interesting change from season one yeah um, yeah definitely anyway thank you so much for talking to me it's been so interesting to hear your perspective on this and to just find out a bit more about union history in wakefield so if our listeners would like to learn a bit more about you and what you do where can they find out more about you if you want to find out more about me, you can head to uh, Mismatch Theatre on Twitter, Instagram, or go to our website. I run a blog there. You can see all the past blogs. Um, and we're in the process of actually performing a play. So information about that will come into there. Um, and any sort of articles, um, I'm always on there. So yeah, find me there on mismatchtheatre.com. So before we go, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Daisy talk about who came before just as much as I have. Goodbye. Today's episode of Who Came Before was written and performed by Daisy Kennedy with theme music by Branwen Munn. It was produced and edited by Amy Winder for Wakefield Litfest and funded by the Horbury Commonlands Trust. To find out more about Wakefield Litfest, find us on Twitter at WakeyLitfest or on Instagram at Wakefield at first, or search for us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening.